Lifestylist, Episode 4, featuring Evan Brand. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite companies known as Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic make these amazing medicinal mushroom and herbal elixirs. So they're these little packets, really easy to transport, very portable, very potent, and very delicious. So they make a reishi, a chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, etc. If you don't know what those are, you definitely need to look into your medicinal mushrooms. These are great drinks on their own or even to add to an existing concoction. Like I love to upgrade my Bulletproof coffee with Four Sigmatic products. And you may have seen this in my supercharged Bulletproof coffee video. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's also in the episode upgrade from episode one. But foursigmatic.com is the place to go to get these highly convenient, very powerful, really high-end herbal elixir powders. So go to foursigmatic.com, and the bonus here is that I got you a little hookup of 15% off. How do you get it? You enter this code, the lifestylist. So at foursigmatic.com, enter the code, the lifestylist, to save a cool 15% off. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for episode 5, Meditation Made Easy with Emily Fletcher. Hey, it's Luke Story from the Lifestylist Podcast. Today I'm talking to Evan Brand, host of the amazing podcast, Not Just Paleo. In this episode, I dig deep into some issues with Evan that he happens to have some expertise in. So we talk about depression, anxiety, how we can use diet, supplementation, and even a lot of just changing our attitudes and uh, modes of living to help relieve some of these symptoms of modern life. And toward the end, we kind of get a little bit philosophical and have a bit of a bromance over (laughs) the importance of love and human connection and most of all, just our connection to who we really are and to nature. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I want to remind you to make sure and download your episode upgrade. This is a four-page, beautiful PDF document that I put together, which features all of the show notes, live links, and resources that Evan and I give during the interview. And trust me, there's a ton of them. So don't worry as you listen to the show about trying to remember names and numbers and websites and books and things like that. I've got you covered. Got them all there. As an avid fan and listener of podcasts myself, I know what a pain in the ass it is to try and go back and retrieve all of that information that you just learned. So don't trip. I've got you covered. Here's what you have to do to get your episode upgrade and my featured favorites, which are contained within it. Text the word lifestylist four to the number four, four, two, two, two. So maybe open up your phone right now. Just open up your text and just do it. The number that you're going to text again is four, four, two, two, two. And the word that you send in the text is this, Lifestylist 4. If you don't like phones or you don't have one handy, you can, of course, do that in your browser. Go to this URL, lukestory.com forward slash Lifestylist 4, and you're going to get the same hookup. It's super sweet. I really know you're going to enjoy it. And when you do, 
you've got that thing in your inbox and you're thinking, wow, Luke is so awesome. What a great thing he put together for me for free. You don't have to return the favor. It truly is a favor. But if you're feeling generous, it would be so awesome if you could go into iTunes, leave the show a review and a rating. It's a great way for me to find out who you want to hear from, what you want on the show, get some feedback about what you're digging, what you're not digging, and help me to curate the ultimate podcast for you. And while you're at it, if you think you know someone that would enjoy this show, forward it to them, send them the link or do a screen grab and say, hey, listen to the show. It's awesome. And once you get that episode upgrade, that's not secret information. Feel free to share that with your friends and family, too. There's a lot of good resources in there that will help enrich anyone's life who's interested in getting well and staying that way. Okay, enjoy. Evan Brand's an author, teacher, and a functional medicine practitioner who works with clients to help them overcome all sorts of emotional, mental, and physical issues. He's also a host of one of my favorite podcasts. I've been listening to him for a while, so I'm really excited to have him here on the show for you today. Welcome to the show, Evan. Hey, thanks for having me, Luke. I'm super pumped to have you on. I'm a big fan of yours. I've been following your podcast for a long time and have, have just personally learned so much that I thought you'd be a great guest because... I believe that the people listening to this show that maybe haven't heard of you and what you do yet could also benefit from your strange world of functional medicine and all the stuff that you're into. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know your story, but I'd like our listeners at home or in their car, wherever they are, to understand kind of your background and how you ended up getting into this whole crazy level of health. Yeah, so I started out like everybody else. I think most people are wounded warriors in some aspect, and I was a depressed college guy, and I was working third shift to pay for school uh, because I didn't have the money to go to college, but I still wanted to go. I was in business school, and I realized that I didn't want to be a bean counter, and so I jumped out of that pretty quickly, but along the way, I learned that there's a direct correlation between what you put in your body and how your brain works. And I was finding myself just having this gray cloud over my head all the time. Like I just felt like I was watching everyone else be happy and I couldn't experience that same level of joy. Like I just felt this wall in front of me that wouldn't allow me to break through to experience these other emotions that people were experiencing. And I was jealous of it. And I was like, well, I want to feel. I want to feel things. I, I couldn't feel much. And uh, so that's when I started just lifting weights and getting into bodybuilding. And I put on about 50 pounds over maybe three or four years, just pounding the weights. I mean, I was just eating so much food, lifting so much weight. And I started to feel better. You know, exercise is a great antidepressant. So I started to get some benefit there. And then as I was trying to eat like a bodybuilder's diet, uh, I started to naturally eliminate some of the garbage and focus more on real food. And so that's kind of the intro into what sparked my interest. Like, huh, you can actually influence the way that you think and feel based on what you put in your body. And then uh, I started the podcast in 2012. And I wanted to get uh, expert advice of how do you operate this meat vehicle with optimum efficiency? <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard you call it a meat vehicle. I always call it a meat suit. That's great. Yeah, a meat suit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either way, you know, and, and yeah. I didn't want to 
you know, I didn't have the $500 an hour that it would have took to pay some of these top doctors and everything to ask them about these topics. So, but if you have the lens of, oh, I have a podcast, this is going to get shared to thousands of people. Do you want to come on it? Oh, hell yeah, they want to get on it. So it was, you know, free marketing, free clients for them potentially. So that's when I really started to geek out and to ask the questions that I wanted to ask without paying to ask them. Right. That's a great strategy. And we were talking at the Bulletproof conference um, when I last saw you, and you gave me some astronomical number of downloads that you had had at that point. Where are you currently at with your podcast? I'm approaching 4 million. I'm over three, but not quite 4 million. That is amazing. Congratulations, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. But then when you hear Dave, you know, at his conf, you know, he's like, we're approaching 18 million. I'm like, you know, so I I got a ways to go, but you know, I I appreciate it. That's great, man. That's great. And you're uh, relatively young on the scale as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be 25 in January. So about, uh, let's see. January 12th is my birthday, so oh, I'll man, be 25. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm 45, and I, I've got to say, I, I well, I don't, you know, I don't envy people, but I'm, I would say I'm grateful for you and happy for you that you were able to find your passion and your talent all in one by such an early age. That's crazy. I mean, it's, I, I have some some deeper insight that I haven't revealed on my own show about why that may have happened, but okay, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll look that. we'll look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I know in my own experience. I really don't think, and I may not have done this already. You know, some people listening, you know, may agree or disagree with this comment, but I really don't think I pulled my head out of my ass as a human being until I was probably 35. I mean, 10 years or so now, I feel like I'm kind of on track. And just now within the past year, I'm really like accepting my passion and, and just, you know, without reluctance or fear or doubt, just charging ahead and doing what I feel that I was put on the planet to do, which is this. So I'm just, I admire you and your success. I'm super happy for you. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, it's really hard because there's so many different influences that are trying to mold you into society's version of success, right? And so you feel like, well, on a piece of paper, this may sound or look good, but you could still be so unfulfilled inside and it doesn't matter what your external environment is if inside you're not happy. And that was kind of a struggle for me for a long time too. Yeah, very wise words. I I wish I had had that kind of an understanding at 25 years old. It didn't come from me. It came from probably just spending a lot of time with my grandparents. I mean, they're my best friends. You know, they're some of their best memories are the 1950s, listening to oldies music and hanging out at the drive-in like my grandma. Uh, she would drive in with her girlfriend and my grandpa would hide in the trunk of the the 57 Chevy and they'd sneak into the drive-in because it was a quarter and they didn't have it. Like listening to stories like that, it just really makes you appreciate everything. So I, you know, I, I owe all my, my gratitude, you know, to them for, for opening my mind to what life used to be like, you know, before we had phones in our face all the time. Yeah. I did a show yesterday with Daniel Vitalis and we were talking about, of course, the whole topic of domestication and how humans have steered so far away from our natural way of life. So um, I totally relate to that. So anyway, so that's kind of where you came from. Now you're, you're building this huge audience. You work with people. What does your business look like now? I know you do like extensive coaching with people. And um, actually, I was going to send my dad your way. He's working with Dr. Justin right now. And, uh, and I think you'd be a good guy for him too, because you both have kind of unique perspective on functional medicine. So what's your day-to-day life look like? What do you do when you work with your clients after, you know, having put in all this time and research and self-exploration? Yeah. So generally what we do is I have everybody complete a questionnaire 
instead of interviewing people for six hours to ask them everything that I need to know to gather all the evidence about them, I just have them complete an online questionnaire that goes through every single symptom, and then I can prioritize body systems. So like a lot of people are stuck in the sympathetic mode of their nervous system, so they're go, go, go all the time, and that shuts off your hydrochloric acid production in your stomach. So then you're not able to actually break down your food. So you're spending all your hard-earned money on your grass-fed beef, but you don't have the HCL production to break those amino acids that then produce your neurotransmitters. So everybody's depressed and they want to know why. They want to get to the root cause. So when I identify the symptoms, oh, hey, you have an issue starting in the upper GI system as identified on this questionnaire. Then we're able to dig in deeper and say, okay, here's the type of support that you need to help support digestion. We want to make sure you're breaking down your good fats. We want to help your liver and help your gallbladder, make sure that they can break down your coconut oil and all the MCT oil that you're drinking in your coffee. You got to make sure you're absorbing that. Otherwise, you're just wasting your money. So I kind of take a, a zoomed out view of all the different body systems. A lot of people, I'd say 99.9% of people I've ever tested have adrenal issues. So usually we'll start there. And then we just sort of uh, come up with a little protocol. We test them and make sure we have a piece of paper that proves what I assume is going on. And then once they have the paper in their face, like, oh, crap, I really do need to stop burning the candle at both ends and doing these 16-hour days because this is not sustainable. Then we create a program to help them create a sustainable life. That's awesome. Yeah, labs are amazing. I find that people, well, A, I think like your experiences you described and <laughs> absolutely in my own life, People aren't going to change anything until they hit a wall, until they're experiencing the consequences of their way of thinking, their uh, emotional response to life, their diet, their lifestyle. When it's all working, no one wants to hear about this stuff. <laughs> you know? It's know. when it's when it's when their life starts to break down, or in some cases, someone that they really love and care about their health or, or sanity or whatever starts to break down, then they get interested. But even at that point, I want to see if this has been your experience, because working with my clients in a similar way um, has definitely been mine, and that is they feel that it's all theoretical until you get their labs done. For some reason, when people see it on paper, and this has been my case too, you know, I went in and had my labs done and I was a freaking rock star in just about everything except magnesium, which I was supplementing like crazy. So that was weird. But then I, and I did my heavy metal testing and, um, you know, really extensive, the whole deal and found that I was really high in lead. And, you know, you could have, told me that as a doctor or functional medicine practitioner, like, hey, you know, I think it might be lead. And I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm going back to, you know, to my, my life and I'll just see if something happens later. But when I saw it on a little a graph, a little chart, where you see this red line like lead, danger zone, I was like, oh, get it out of me, get it out of me, you know? So I think that's one thing I really love about what you do is you're all about the labs and that takes the guesswork and it takes the woo-woo out of like health food and, um, you know, alternative medicine and natural healing protocols and things like that. Because I find that people are so indoctrinated into this system of uh, one of your organs gets sick, you just cut it out <laughs> instead of, well, you know, let's look at why, you know, I'm having uh, gallbladder issues or why I'm having kidney stones or, you know, why I have indigestion. Dude, I used to have to take four or five HCL pills per meal just to not get heartburn and not be constipated. And I realized a couple months ago, I was like, wow, I, I stopped ordering those HCL pills because I'm good. I don't need them. I digest really well now. 
That's great. You probably balanced yeah. out your nervous system. You were probably just locked in fight or flight the whole time, and you've done some, some maybe some float tanks and your sauna and things like that that have calmed the nervous system down where your body knows that it can produce enough HCL on its own. HCL is good, though. It's one of those things, unlike melatonin, where you can supplement it and you're not going to uh, shortcut or diminish your own body's production. Where melatonin, you take that, your body does downregulate. So that's kind of a cool little fun fact. Right. So let's let's dig into a little of of the inner game you know i'm i'm always wanting to kind of dig beneath the surface and and your story sort of sparked this because it i so related to it and you know i never I think because I got into health and spirituality so many years ago, I mean, it's like, God, almost 19, 20 years ago now, and I didn't have cancer. I didn't have, you know, a tumor. I didn't have anything that was like a wake-up call per se, other than the fact that the way that I was living was becoming very self-destructive in terms of my diet and just drinking and drugging and just living like a Hollywood maniac that... I felt that things were about to go really south on me. And for some reason, um, I started making those changes. And I think what it was for me was not so much the physical symptoms, but it's that I had just insane amounts of anxiety. And I was really, I was just constantly depressed. You know, my emotions were just a roller coaster. And I had no ability to be present, no ability to focus. I couldn't remember anything. I mean, talk about brain fog, dude. When I was in my 20s, I mean, I had like, you know, when you talk to, I mean, you know, your, your grandparents sound like they're pretty with it still, maybe because you're a bit younger. But, you know, I remember speaking to, you know, elderly people when I was a kid and they'd always repeat themselves and they couldn't remember anything. Like, I was like that in my 20s. I mean, my brain was gone and I was just sad all the time and just I, I just felt like a loser inside and so my journey's been about getting to the root causes of that and really you know done so much therapy and so much spiritual work and meditation and study and you know sought out every kind of guru imaginable and it's funny because I find that a lot of the work really has to take place on a soul level and in your mentality you know and just the way that you think but you can't really do that if you don't have the physical function. So how do you feel the nutrition piece feeds, you know, the spiritual work and, and the emotional work that has to be done to become a fulfilled, fully integrated person? That's a freaking awesome question. And that was so well thought out. So a lot of people, they may start with the spiritual aspect. So they may say, I'm just going to work through this, or I'm going to meditate on this, or I'm going to go outside and just kind of work it out. But the truth is, if you don't have fuel in your brain bucket, your brain chemistry, if you have imbalanced brain chemistry, it's going to be hard to just muster up this energy out of nowhere. It's going to be hard to just draw this magical energy from the universe that's going to allow you to work through your anxiety or depression. And so the main neurotransmitters that people hear a lot about are serotonin. They always blame everything on serotonin. So here's the SSRI drug to fix this anxiety or to fix this depression. And what that does is it doesn't actually help you make more serotonin. All it does does is it takes the existing serotonin that your brain is making and it just keeps it in that receptor site a little bit longer hoping to give you the desired effect but eventually you burn out those receptors and people that try to come off of their meds they have a lot of trouble so my view on this to get to the root cause so that the spiritual journey that people listening are on is more effective is that you provide the raw materials that the brain needs to actually feel good. So like I talked about digestion already, 
If you're spending your hard-earned money on grass-fed beef, I want to make sure your digestion's good enough so that your body can actually break apart those proteins. Proteins are just made of amino acids, and amino acids are precursors for neurotransmitters. So you have dietary tryptophan. And tryptophan, along with vitamin B6, there's some other cofactors involved, eventually gets converted to serotonin. And then you have other factors that convert it over to melatonin. So a lot of people that have very bad digestive problems, they have bad sleep too. And they also can have anxiety and depression. And that's because it all starts in the root of the stomach where they're not able to break this tryptophan over and therefore they don't have enough serotonin. So then you just get the drug. So another common neurotransmitter that's helpful to talk about is GABA. And many people, myself, I've had some issues with anxiety when I moved and I was under a lot of pressure and working for a, a big company and all that. And I had anxiety pop up and I was like, this is not me. This is crazy. But the truth is when you're under so much stress, so whether it's emotional, whether it's chemical, like you talked about, you had lead, you know, that could be an invisible stressor that could be depleting your brain chemistry because your body's burning up all of these nutrients to try to deal with that invisible stressor. Uh, so I kind of make the analogy of the modern human being a semi-truck with bicycle brakes. So we have so much go, go, go. We're so focused on that dopamine system, that alcohol and drugs and porn and cigarettes, everything that's going to hit that dopamine system, but we don't have that balance of GABA. We don't have that calming aspect balanced out. So we go so hard until we hit a wall and then we have a panic attack. And then we're like, whoa, okay. Uh, I thought I was going to die. This is serious. I need to do something about this. So then, you know, you can add in some simple nutrients. You can add in L-theanine. You know, you could just drink some good organic green tea. I'm a big fan of matcha tea, which is green tea. It's just a little bit more potent. It's got more theanine in it. That helps to boost GABA levels. There's no side effects. There's no uh, dependency on it, but it's just a nice, gentle support. On that note, because there, there's two things that I'd like to cover in terms of just dietary habits um, based on, you know, friends and people that I work with. One is some people just really don't tolerate the amount of caffeine in coffee. And of course, like, you know, I'm, I'm like the, the poster child for bulletproof coffee. It just, it changed my life just getting those fats and having clean coffee. But I myself use half decaf beans. Like I can't do like a full on, you know, big ass coffee or I will literally be bouncing off the walls. But even some people like a half decaf is too much. And so what makes the matcha different than just regular green tea? That's a great question. Yeah. And I can't do coffee pretty much at all because, and I've got the genetic test. I mean, I always assumed that I had the defect where I couldn't uh, metabolize caffeine effectively. I got the 23andMe test just for fun. And turns out, yeah, I have that genetic defect where I metabolize caffeine super slow. So tea is like my coffee. Matcha, what they do is near the end of the harvesting of the green tea, what they do is they cover. I've seen some pictures. It's really pretty how it works. So they have this big green tea field. And what they do is they bring in a shade structure that covers the leaves of the green tea plant and so it stresses out the plant because they're cutting off the sunlight so what it has to do it's under a little bit more stress kind of like a wild blueberry versus a domesticated blueberry <laughs> this is also what they do to grow marijuana by the way <laughs> they cover it <laughs> well they have they cut off the light in order to to um to push it into an early flowering stage yeah they trick it into you know season artificial seasons i guess yeah I think I probably knew that, but that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's the same thing. So they shade it for a couple of weeks and it stresses the plant out and it causes it to make more nutrients. So it's just a little bit more nutrient dense. It's going to have 
I'm not going to, don't quote me here, but generally about double the amount of theanine that normal, uh, like say organic green tea has. So say a normal green tea may have 20 milligrams, which is not that much of theanine. I use more of like a therapeutic dose, like 200 milligrams. Matcha is going to have more like 40 or maybe even 50 milligrams of theanine per cup which is pretty good. And it's, and it's balanced generally kind of a natural balance of like one to one or maybe one and a half to one of caffeine to theanine. So you're not getting that boost. So what you could do, say you, you're doing your coffee, half decaf, half regular, you could just pop a theanine capsule with that coffee. And I, you're going to feel amazing. I do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a d- daily, a daily regimen. I put it in my little morning weird smoothie. So can you recommend a great brand of matcha for our show notes for the listeners? And then also you mentioned the uh, caffeine, the hereditary kind of caffeine sensitivity test from 23andMe. Can you give us both those so we can share that information? Sure. So 23andMe, that's just a general test. It's a broad spectrum. The caffeine metabolism gene just happens to be one thing that's on there. So it's not a specific test. It's just the whole 23andMe profile that you get run. I think it's a hundred bucks to run that. Cool. A good brand of Matcha, I don't know because honestly, uh, when I was working at a supplement company, they were going to create this type of uh, latte. And so they had like a thousand pounds of matcha in bulk. And I just got to take a salsa jar full of matcha. Oh, nice. And I'm still using that. That was probably like... It was a big jar, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure on recommendations there. Cool. Okay. That's, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll geek out on it and, and find something for that. But yeah, it's something I'd like to look into too. I'm not a big tea drinker, but I definitely, like my business partner, Lauren, um, she's not, she doesn't tolerate ca- caffeine or coffee well. And she actually, which is totally bizarre to me, actually doesn't like the taste of coffee, which tells me she's probably an alien inside a human body. <laughs> but... Uh, I got her finally, it took me about six years to break her down because she's always starving by like 12 o'clock and panicking about where we're going to get lunch. And there's just all this energy spent on food, which is so annoying to someone who's bulletproof like me. And I basically don't eat all day uh, is I finally got her making like her matcha or green tea kind of bulletproof style with the brain octane oil and some grass fed butter. And what I noticed with females, and I want to see if you've experienced this, is that they do much better putting some collagen protein in that morning drink rather than only fats. They seem to perform a lot better. And so that's kind of her recipe and a little really good stevia. And uh, and she's like good until three o'clock. And then she's like, oh, I guess I could eat, you know, which is amazing. Do you do your tea that way or are you just like raw dog, water and tea? I just do raw dog and I'll do a little bit of raw honey in there if I'm feeling froggy. Uh, I haven't noticed anything in terms of like performance of females with collagen, but I mean, it's the best hair, skin, and nail supplement that you could ever sell a woman. So they notice that their hair is just like thick and healthy and voluptuous and it just feels better when they touch it. It's not thin and like, uh, you know, they just, most women don't really like their hair and collagen is something that makes them a lot more confident with their appearance. Right. Okay. Next, I want to cover something else that you mentioned, and that is supplementation of GABA. And I just love GABA in just random doses throughout the day. If I get a little too amped up or a little nervous, I'll do that. Then just go do some like box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, and just kind of reset myself So is there any danger in supplementing GABA that you know of? And then the other thing you mentioned was tryptophan, which is something I supplement just about every night in my sleep stack. 
I have a few things. Maybe we can cover that. I'd like to get your input on it. Um, you know, I've I've gotten some criticism from people about the sleep stack because I, I put so much stuff in there and, and high doses of everything. And everyone says, well, if you're really healthy, you wouldn't need that in order to sleep soundly. But you got to understand, I live in the middle of Hollywood, California. I mean, it, and I live in a pretty busy area right now, um, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm in the intersection of some really, you know, major streets. And uh, it's really loud. Like six in the morning, there's trucks backing up. Beep, beep, beep. I mean, it's like, oh. it's madness, dude. So I need all the help I can get. So, so at night I'm doing my GABA and then sometimes during the day, and then I do tryptophan as well at night. So do you see any, any danger or risk, um, in taking either of those in that then my body's going to say, well, cool, we have this every day, so let's not make it anymore. You definitely have the risk of downregulation, yeah. I mean, GABA is one where you do take it and you do downregulate, just kind of like testosterone where, you know, it's your brain's not going to shrink like your testicles shrink when you take testosterone and your body's going to say, hey, I'm done. But it does get tapped out where this receptor site does get filled with the GABA molecule. And, you know, GABA is not really supposed to work for most people. You probably discovered that before, you know, the molecule of GABA is supposed to be too big to get through the, the blood-brain barrier to give you effect. But a lot of people from toxins and things that they've come across in their life, the tight junks in, in their gut is separated a little bit. So now that GABA can get in and give them effect. So kind of a, a fun test for people to do is you can take about a gram of GABA and if you get relief, like you feel ah, relaxed, you know you have some leaky gut issues. You know <laughs> Dude, that sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it chills me right out. And I kind of get this... Like I can't, I have to be careful taking it before a podcast or an important meeting or something if I'm a little nervous because it will flush me kind of like um, niacin. Like I get all hot and kind of weird feeling for just a couple minutes. So um, that's an interesting distinction. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, so I mean, kind of like what what happens basically, and now the the science is not crystal clear on this because it's it's hard to to get solid reasons of why people can take GABA and, and get effect. But the idea is that when you have quote unquote leaky gut they, most of the time you also have a leaky brain so that the blood brain barrier is not as tight so now things that are normally too big to get through get through I personally don't use GABA by itself if I am going to use GABA I'm going to use GABA with the phenyl a group attached to it which is called Phenibut or Phenibit oh yeah I'm all over that stuff yeah. that was my next question yeah, so you know that's standard, uh, standard nootropic that is in a Russian cosmonauts kit. They've used it since the '60s or '70s before I was born, and they uh, use it because it's it's so good at calming the nervous system without impairing your cognitive performance. So you're still totally in the zone, but you're chilled out, and that's the perfect feeling. Dude, Fenovit is probably my favorite smart drug. And I got turned on to it by Bulletproof when they had a product called GABA Wave, which they've since um, discontinued, but it was a uh, liposomal, you know, a carrier of Phenibut. And then they stopped carrying it and I freaked out like a junkie <laughs> whose dealer moves to another town. I was like, what the hell? I'm emailing them like, dude, I'm, I'm panicking here. Like, no, I might even be addicted to it. We'll have to look into that. But then I, um, someone turned me on to a, a brand called Lift Mode. Yeah, who makes familiar. A, yeah, who makes you know just different nootropics and um, amino acids and things like that. Pretty small product line, but they're tested for purity and seem to be legit. So I ordered some of that, and what I did is I made myself kind of I sort of hacked the liposomal delivery system by either blending it with with fats 
or I'll just like sublingually take it with a swig of brain octane and I'll just like keep it under my tongue and swish around in my mouth forever. And, <laughs> and then it's one of those things where I can literally like have the best conversation with someone or work on a project or something creative, especially I find that that particular nootropic is really effective for calm focus. Whereas something like modafinil is pretty stimulating and is great for just dexterity and just grit of just charging through a project, but um, is definitely, I wouldn't describe it as like a calm focus. It's more kind of a little bit intense. When you dig into the research of Finibit, it's scary because a lot of times, uh, actually one particular study, they were talking about a guy that was addicted to Finibit. They had to switch him over to Baclofen, which is a prescription muscle relaxer that's commonly used when you go to the doctor and you say, my back hurts, they'll give you Baclofen, which is a GABA agonist. Finibit is so powerful at downregulating GABA, they had to switch this patient over from Finibit to Baclofen and then wean him off the Baclofen to get him to not have GABA withdrawal symptoms where you can have like coma and psychosis and anxiety and night sweats and panic and all of that stuff. And I had a guy, I've talked about this story a lot, but a guy that I used to know who was taking like six grams a day of it and he had to time his UPS delivery man perfectly to where when he ran out of his first batch, he had another batch coming because he couldn't sleep at night unless he was able to, to dose himself up. So it, it gets scary really quick, and uh, USA is one of the few countries you can actually get it over the counter. It's prescription everywhere else. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, because I remember on the Bulletproof product, the GABA wave, it said, like, don't take it more than twice a week or something like that. And they didn't really explain why. They're just like, yeah, duh, just trust us. Don't F with <laughs> this. <laughs> and uh, I think I've been pretty good about that. I definitely don't. I, I it's sometimes definitely exceed twice a week. I mean, I would say eh, three to four times a week sometimes, but then there's periods where I just don't do it at all because I don't want to be like physically addicted to anything. I've kind of been there, done that, and my objective is to stay, you know, very sober and in control of my own biology and future as a human being. So um, that's interesting, though. So so buyer beware. I want you guys listening to definitely pay attention to that because everyone's like, "Whoa, the best calm focus ever." Let me go take five grams of that. Uh, I'd also like to say that I would never take five grams of Fenibit. Uh, when I dose it, I do the actual recommended dose, which is a tiny little spoonful that they give you, and it's probably less than half a gram. I would say. I think it yeah. is. I think it's actually 500 milligrams, which is half a gram, right? Yeah, that that's a good dose, like 250 to 500. For some reason, I've noticed that when you go higher you may not get that much more benefit. And then all you do is you have this sort of what I call kind of like a GABA hangover the next day. So you can actually, it's like just hit the threshold of maybe 200 milligrams and you're going to be fine. I kind of like the powder taste of it. It's it's not, yeah. it's like, it's almost like sour, like the powder of Sour Patch Kids at the bottom. Of the- <laughs> I totally dude. That's funny because that's what everyone bitched about with GABA Wave because I turned so many people onto it and they're like, ah, eh, the taste. I don't really care about the way stuff tastes. If it works, I would eat like dog crap, you know? Um, (laughs) I'm not after the taste. Like if I want taste, I'll eat some freaking sorbet or something. Like I'm after an effect. But yeah, uh, I actually don't mind the taste of it at all. And I didn't make that connection, but it definitely is like a a sour apple Jolly Rancher or something like that. Yeah. I began to enjoy it because I knew like what the effects were that were going to follow it. So I was like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, we, I mean, we could spend hours talking about about that one it's a right. it's an interesting compound and then what about 
the other one was tryptophan. Is there any uh, risk involved in your in your opinion? Uh, you know, dosing that at night for as part of a sleep stack. I, I mix mine with collagen, uh, just because based on a little research, I found that it's uh, much stronger and more effective if it's able to bind to the collagen protein. Do you know anything about that, or any recommendations on using tryptophan? I'm not as worried about it at all compared to Finibit because you're not actually giving, say, straight phenyl GABA. So when you do Finibit, you're crossing that blood-brain barrier. You're shoving GABA right into the brain. Well, with tryptophan, you're not really giving the direct gas on the fire. What you're doing is you're supplying the raw material. And you're going to let the brain convert what it wants to over to serotonin, you know, assuming that you have the vitamin B6 to convert it over. And then you're going to use the other cofactors to convert it over to melatonin. So if you wanted to take tryptophan as a sleep stack, I would say that's a 10 times better idea than taking straight melatonin. Let the body do the conversion process and you're going to not run the same risk of overdosing with some of these, you know, some of these compounds. Right. When I had Jack Cruz on the show, he was very adamant about not supplementing melatonin. Yeah, it's it's bad. To pull people off melatonin is probably one of the hard that and ambient, that's the two hardest things that I've ever come across trying to help people to uh to get their brain back to normal and be okay without that stuff. Wow, that says a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, I thankfully have never made a real habit of melatonin, but uh would mostly use it for travel, trying to adjust kind of my circadian rhythm for jet lag and things like that. I used it more as a hack than a, a daily thing, but now I'm even much more cautious about it for that reason. That's interesting, though, that you mentioned the ambient thing. Um, I typically don't take, you know, except in emergencies, like pharmaceutical medicines like that. <laughs> but I did have one time. Ambient is like a weird drug, dude. I had it one time and because uh, I used to actually have more trouble sleeping. Now I've, I've got things kind of optimized in terms of the light and the temperature and just all that. But one time I took Ambien and I didn't follow the directions and this is a warning to anyone who uses this drug but it says you know in the directions that you're to be already in bed like laying down you're totally done you're actually ready to fall asleep and then you reach over on the nightstand and you take your Ambien but what I did is I, I took my Ambien and then I was like oh shit I got I forgot to answer a couple emails and so I got up and, you know, went and got something to drink and got on the computer for a minute. And then, dude, next thing you know, like I was basically sleepwalking and was just, according to the report from the person that happened to be in, in my room with me that night, that I started acting really, really, really weird and saying and doing really weird things of which I had no memory the next day. All I remember was taking the Ambien and waking up the next morning. And I was up doing stuff, saying all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, thankfully, I didn't do anything violent or terribly inappropriate. But the next morning, I got a report like, uh, dude, what the hell was wrong with you? So from that point on, that might have even been the last time I took that, because that tells me that it's not good for my brain. Like, if it has the ability to turn you into a a freaking like Frankenstein, you know, sleepwalking zombie with that small of a dose. Cause I didn't even do a whole one. It was like a half a one. I thought, wow, this is scary stuff. Well, you know, people joke about the zombie apocalypse all the time, but with more than one in 10 on antidepressants and other chemical, other chemicals like that, we're kind of in the zombie apocalypse right now. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I was on antidepressants at one point in my life too. Uh, something called, um, effects 
Yes, that's yeah. a hard one to get off of too. Oh, you're not kidding me. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I had just, um, you know, gotten out of a treatment center and I was, you know, just really messed up. I was in my uh, mid twenties and, you know, was just kind of becoming sober and, you know, p coming down from outer space. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I had just a lot of emotional and mental issues at the time. And I went to a psychiatrist, very reputable one here in LA and described some of the mental and emotional symptoms that I was having. And he immediately was like, Oh, you have depression and this and that and, and got me on that. And it was interesting because what happened in the course of a few months is that I really started feeling like a drug addict. And if I started to run out of it, I would start having these panic attacks and I would freak out and I'd be texting the doctor and he would leave little samples like in the bushes for me at his, his high rise in Century City. And it turned into this like drug pusher, junkie kind of dynamic with that stuff. And it just, it really scared me because I had worked so hard to kind of get away from that way of life and to really just start being healthy and clean and and recovering. And uh, from that point on, I just thought, for me, it wasn't the answer. But I'm sure for some people that are under the proper guidance, you know, it's necessary and beneficial. But, you know, I just want to say in my own personal experience, that's what happened to me. So my yeah. subjective relationship to, to strong pharmaceuticals like that has not been positive. But I'm sure that I probably know people who may be dead or, you know, have committed suicide or God knows what else if they weren't receiving the proper medication. I'm totally not a doctor, but uh, totally. I, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to say, too, is it, it may come across as like anti mainstream medicine. Drugs are bad, you know, whatever. But the truth is, a lot of people, sometimes they need that sort of crutch just to get them to a better place in their life. And that's totally fine. And then once you have built your house, then you can work on adjusting the things inside. But sometimes people need that to lean upon and then they're able to, to feel better. But uh, you really just, you want to get to the root. It's so much easier to just get to the root. Right. So in terms of, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's really, it's interesting to, to say that from this perspective so many years later, because I, I didn't feel that that was a positive experience for me. But then again, I don't really know that maybe things could have been much worse if I didn't have that so-called crutch or that little boost for that nine months or a year, whatever it was that I was on that antidepressant. I mean, who knows, dude, maybe I would have had some kind of psychotic breakdown or had a relapse or uh, who knows what. So I can't really say that it didn't work. I can just say that I felt very uncomfortable and I felt very physically and mentally dependent. And that wasn't a feeling that I was comfortable with. And it also, it also, um, it really had a really strong, um, stimulant effect on me where I felt like I was on crystal meth. Like I was really, really hyper, like kind hyper, of manic almost. Yeah. And like really hyper focused. <laughs> like I'd be driving around and I'd find like an old dresser or something in an alley. I'd throw it in my car and then I'd go home and like refinish the dresser for four days and not take a breath. You know, it was just like really, it made me very obsessive which I'm already, if anyone listening to this hasn't figured that out, I'm already a pretty obsessive uh, prone guy. And that was like that kind of amphetamine level of obsession and compulsion. So it was, it was a strange experience. That is. Anyway, I digress. So we've covered a little bit of, of the anxiety around, you know, neurotransmitters and GABA and phenibut and some of these other things that we can, you know, safely, of course, with some research and guidance play around with. What about, 
depression? What about mood? You know, what do we do naturally when we just feel sad for no reason? I remember times in my life where there was nothing wrong externally. I have a job, I have security, I have a girlfriend, I have a car, like all of the things that are supposed to make you feel secure as a human being and happy as a human being, loving family <laughs> for the most part, you know, like things are kind of in place. And from the outside, people would say, well, what do you have to be depressed about? I mean, you know, you're like middle class, you live in America, your bills are paid, what's your problem? Like, why are you sad? And I think a lot of that has to do with sort of self-centeredness and just you know, narcissism of thinking about me and self-pity and my poor life. And a lot of it is on a spiritual level. But for me, there was also definitely a mental and physical level where nothing's wrong, but I would just get these feelings throughout the day where it's like someone just died or, you know, it's a nice sunny day and I'm on vacation, I'm at the beach, and then it starts getting cloudy and pouring rain and turns all cold and it just kind of like ruins the vibe you know it's like my vibe was getting killed just randomly on and off almost every day with no external stimuli it's just like my brain would just go into this sad place and i'd almost i'm sure sometimes did even just start crying or at least feel like just like oh god what's the use just this uh, apathy, you know, and it's like, what what was going on with my brain? What could one do like diet wise or supplementation wise in conjunction with, you know, seeking counseling and, and finding a spiritual path or practice to uplift them, um, you know, on a deeper level. But how can we meet that with something that you can take or something you can eat that will boost that like macuna for your dopamine levels? Or can you give us any tips on that front? Yeah, so I mean, I always want to start with the dietary foundation, and I kind of skipped over that with anxiety a little bit, so I'll intertwine that with depression. You have to get your blood sugar stable. So if you're somebody who you've read online, you're like, yeah, intermittent fasting sounds awesome, I'm going to do it. If you have some adrenal stress, I've never tested anyone that doesn't have it, you're going to throw yourself for a loop. You're going to create even more stress on the body, which is going to further deplete your body of minerals and brain chemicals, and you're going to be more anxious and more depressed trying to do these cool things. Now, if you're doing like butter coffee and good fats, you're not doing the same intermittent fasting I'm talking about. I'm talking about where people wake up and they go for a run and they don't eat until 1 p.m. That is a recipe for disaster and depression and anxiety and all sorts of other symptoms. In terms of like lifestyle things that you can do for depression, because everything you described, I'm like, yes, 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 that was me. Uh, you have to get your light in check. So, you know, circadian rhythm is one thing, getting up with the sun and going to bed with the sun. But the truth is, if you wake up, I mean, yeah, I'm up early and you're checking the iPad or you're checking email and all that stuff, you're still inside and you don't ever actually make it outside and allow your naked eyeballs to hit the sun, you're missing out on thousands, over a thousand of different light spectrums that are helpful for the eye. And you need that. And people, they go from the house box to their car box, to their office box, to the cubicle box, back into, and you just transfer from boxes to the boxes, and you never have that chance to actually get all of the spectrums of natural light. Depression is a symptom. And now some people have emailed me like, dude, that's so messed up of you to say depression's a symptom. It's a disease. It's an illness. I have it. It's like, look, man, I've been there. I've done that. It's a symptom. And I've come to that conclusion clinically, personally, et cetera, et cetera. It is a symptom of a dysfunction. And from like an evolutionary perspective, depression is used to keep 
quote unquote sick people away from the rest of the population because if you look at that survival of the fittest mentality you know you're weakening the genetics if you're doing these different things like you're sitting on the couch all day you're eating processed foods you're eating junk which is in turn negatively affecting your genetics, yes, depression is going to be a symptom because the human genome is going to want to pull you out from the rest of the pack because if you're reproducing, you're going to be negatively influencing the gene pool. So, I, I mean, it shouldn't be as controversial as it is um, when it comes to humans, but that we don't think twice when we say stuff like that with other animals. If there's a sick animal or it's weak or it's got like a gimpy leg, the chicken, all the other chickens are going to peck it until they kill it because it would have weakened their pact. So that's just the way that it works, and you have to do these different things like getting outside and getting your bright light, getting your high-quality fats. How about touching people? Oxytocin. This is a bonding, a bonding hormone. We have a lack of physical touch in the modern world. We touch our keyboards and we touch our screens and phones and all of that, but we're lacking in physical touch. I recommend people hug another person, someone that you love, eight seconds a day, eight times a day. That oh, will man. change your life. Dude, that's so great. That's, that's such a good answer, and I don't think that's one that I've really identified, man. That is beautiful because that that kind of hits it on both levels, right? It's like there's a spiritual connection from one soul to another soul, and you're expressing that love, but it is like the ultimate smart drug, right? I mean, if you want to talk about the smart drug of all, it's that feeling of love, but it's not just the feeling of love and the expression of it. It's what it does to you chemically. And um, I've looked at studies where even people, and I've done it with myself, even people that look at a photo of their dog, right? When you love your dog, like you just look at a picture of them and you get a blast of oxytocin and all of a sudden that serves as like a huge antidepressant. And, uh, and, and I feel the same way. It, it's funny because I work, you know, mostly alone and I just kind of wake up and I have my home studio here in my home office. And there's some days where I don't really see other human beings a lot. And uh, I find that when I do, I'm always like, hug me, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> if my partner stops by the first thing I'm like, I, I grab her and like give her a big squeeze. She's like, okay, dude, like, hi. Okay, I get it, you know? But I, I didn't really know why. And that that's great. I wish I could like talk, you know, as I said, my handyman's here. I wish I could be like, hey, Andres, uh, I know this is weird, but could I get an eight-second hug, you know, in between projects? <laughs> it's 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 super helpful, and and it's so forgotten. I mean, we look at tribes people. You know, they they they're around each other all the time. They're never exposed to people that they don't know. So we're we're built to we're built to be surrounded by love all the time. And now we're hardly ever surrounded by love, and we're searching for love. I mean, there's so many. Uh, what do you call those like dating apps and stuff that are coming out yeah, that it's insane. I see, a, I see a wedding ring on your finger. So that's why you don't know the name of Tinder. <laughs> yeah, Tinder. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm out of the loop already. You know, it's funny, dude, because I've, I've put that app on my phone probably, I don't know, if I'm super honest, probably three to four times, you know, looked at it. Oh, you know, where's, give me a girl Tinder. And then you know, nothing ever really happens. And I just think this is stupid. This is ridiculous. I'm 45 years old. And then I delete it. I'm never doing that again. And then maybe because I'm not getting a hug, Evan, I'm not getting that love. And I would just, I want to substitute oxytocin for some dopamine. I'll be like, ah, you know, I might as well just download the app. I'm like at the dentist office or in the airport and I'm, I'm just bored. So I might as well just surf for like pictures of pretty girls, you know, even though I have no real serious intention with it. 
but I do notice that there's like a definite spike of that dopamine when something happens. And it's just in its Instagram, it's all social media. When an email comes in, I'm like, bling, it's, it's fight or flight or celebrate, you know, it's like, oh man, I got the thing. Ah, and then I feel that, that sense of ease and comfort from that, you know, that, that symbol of what that email means, or I feel like <clears throat> this sinking feeling of anxiety because, you know, that email is from the IRS or whatever, you know, because they don't yeah. email me. That yeah. happens at the mailbox. That's always the one that'll get you. You're looking for a check, you know, right. I, I look for the check in the mailbox, even when I'm not expecting payment from anyone. I don't know if anyone listening does that. Every time I go to the mailbox, I'm like, I hope there's a check, but I haven't invoiced anyone, you know, and if it's a letter from the Internal Revenue Service or the DMV or something, I was like, you know, so we are so affected on a chemical level by our um, our external environment and stimuli, right? I got a I got a funny story that happened yesterday from I don't I guess it's not the DMV. I got a ticket in the mail from Denton, Texas, and it has a picture of an SUV. I drive a Honda Accord. It has a picture of an SUV. It's got all my my name, my Honda Accord, my year, my make, my license plate. It's got the picture of this SUV with my info running the red light. I got a $75 ticket. And I go on this website, and there's a video even from the cam recording this guy blowing the red light that I got the $75 ticket from. <laughs> and I got that in the mail yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God. So I called this morning, and they were like, oh, we're so sorry. That's a mistake. We have no idea how this happened. We'll get it taken care of. But, um, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. To answer your question, yes, we have these neural pathways in the brain where it's just like the the Grand Canyon, right? I mean, it's the same thing with, with whether it's social media or whether it's porn. I mean, they have studies where they'll put a rat with the same – the male rat with the same female rat. And they'll look at neurotransmitter levels, and they're pretty they're pretty flatlined with that same female. But they introduce a new rat and a new rat and a new rat and a new female, and boom, 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 boom. These brain chemicals just keep rising. So we're always seeking novelty. We're always seeking this new source of pleasure in our life. And that's why, you know, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in kind of that hedonistic mindset and how do you how do you break that how do you break that cycle and just be content with what you have i don't have the 100% answer but for me it's just a lot of gratitude exercises i mean if you do have your partner and you do have your lover just realize like there are so many people in the world that are not nice people look at you i have such an amazing person oh my god i'm just going to cherish you and you can basically use your brain to increase the response from being with that person. Like you can choose to be flatlined with your partner or you can choose to, after 20 years, still enjoy that partner. You know, like my grandparents, they've been together 52 years and they still hold hands and love each other and hug each other and kiss. And I'm like, yes, this oh, is man. great. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know we were going to go here, but that, you know, what you're describing is a very yogic point of view where you actually are in command of your inner life, of your inner world, based on your, you know, connection to source, the universe, whatever you want to call it. People are really weird about the word God. I like it because it's just short and it's got, you know, just one uh, vowel, just God, you know, it's easy to say. Uh, but another one I really like is the unseen hand, you know, it's just, there's, that's more of an Einstein um, point of view, maybe way of looking at it. But you know, I, th I think for myself, finding a connection to actually viewing 
the reality of my life, like how magical it actually is, like from where I've come from, you know, in my, in my childhood and just growing up and the things that, you know, I've experienced um, that were at the time much less than ideal, you know, and a lot of just painful experiences for myself and for those that were involved with the tornado that was me um, for many years is all I really have to do is identify the truth. It's, it's like yesterday I recorded an amazing podcast um, here with, with Daniel Vitalis and we just had such a meaningful talk like this, you know, and, and I just, so many things have been happening with this new venture that I have. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really just living my dream and, and just with reckless abandon, just doing, as I said earlier, what I'm here to do. And I got off that call and, you know, nothing really happened to be quote unquote happy about, like I didn't win the lottery. I didn't, I didn't get that check in the mailbox. Nothing had happened except I just took a moment to go inside and really acknowledge the gift that is my life, you know, the opportunity to have the experiences that I've had, um, you know, dark and light, <laughs> good and bad, so to speak. And just in that moment, I mean, I literally just started bawling, dude. I just, I just started welling up with tears and I was just so grateful for all of the experiences I've had, not just like, it wasn't because, oh, I just had an amazing podcast with a great guy and my career is going to be awesome and now I'm going to be famous. It had nothing to do with that. It was just like, what a miracle um, that my life actually is. And and along the lines of what you're saying, it's interesting because at any given moment, I'm also living that same life that I was crying tears of gratitude for yesterday. But I got up this morning and I was like, oh God, 48 emails. And it was just like the stress of my, you know, my responsibilities and my other business, my fashion school and things, you know, we're launching an online class and there's pressure and things are going wrong. And you know, in those moments, it's much harder to access that reality that I found yesterday in that beautiful moment, but it's still there. It's like the sun is still there despite the fact that there's some cloud cover, you know, so it's it's about finding ways, right, where we can, you know, have kind of a system or some uh, tactics or principles that we can use to remove that cloud cover and identify what's there, which is like this amazing, amazing experience to be here and to and to have the opportunity to evolve and grow. Yeah, for me, the the secret to tapping into that that I've discovered just because I used to work in a park. You've probably heard that on the podcast. I used to maintenance and help build hiking trails in the middle of four thousand acres of temperate forest. When you're out there. And there is no sign of civilization. There's no hand of man involved. Nothing has been touched. Nothing has been altered from the original state for who knows how many years. And you're completely out there. And it's just you. And it's just, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And you're, it's just pure nature. Say a hawk flies by or you see a blue jay and he's squawking at you. Or you, you see a deer run past. It's those moments where you tune in and you're like, oh my God, there is this world out there that still exists. There still is this natural undisturbed world. It's like two rivers that are flowing side by side, but we have the choice to stay on the technological river. And then you have this natural world river and all these birds are calling at you. And I've cried several times in the woods after, you know, just kind of having quote unquote conversations with birds where I whistle and it chirps back and I whistle and it chirps back and they're kind of saying like, hey, look, th this is what life really is. 
Like, are are you ready? Like, do you want to be in this world with us? Because like you're you're destroying it. So so you're here now. Good. We're glad you came. Thanks for joining us. And then when you leave the trail, they're kind of like, see you later. And then so I guess what I'm kind of saying here to to help people visualize is is there's two rivers running parallel. There is the river of existence that humans are built for. This is what the DNA is programmed for. Your bare feet and the dirt. Uh, you uh, immersing yourself in nature. You dancing and being around a fire, a campfire. And you uh, sharing stories and laughing and exploring and being uh, curious and being inquisitive about your, your surroundings. There's that type of existence. And then there's the, I guess I'm just going to go check Instagram. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong, but there is a certain intersection or intertwining of these two rivers that has to take place to create a fully fulfilled human. And if you live in either one of those too far, you're going to have some some mental dissonance that happens. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. this this is this is my mission, you know, to deliver the message to people, and that's why this show is called the Life Stylist. You know, it's like what I used to do is is put pieces together for people on a very external level. Although there was an inherent art to that, but you know, this shoe goes with this hat and this tie and this scarf and this dress, and you know, you go around and you get all the best of the best stuff, and you create a composite of that, and that's called an outfit for a music video or a red carpet or whatever. And now it's about taking everything that you're describing and and embracing the technology, embracing the fact that you live in a city, um, embracing your iPhone, embracing the fact that we can use social media con to connect with the whole world in an instant. I mean, it's amazing, but there has to be balance, you know. So putting these pieces together, where right before our call, um, not only did I, you know, chug some smart drugs and all that, <laughs> make sure my brain's working right and I can remain focused, but I went for uh, I went for a walk around my block barefoot. All my neighbors probably think I'm a lunatic. One guy actually. Actually, I was out the other day walking the dog and I, I walk everywhere barefoot and um, you know I don't care if my feet get dirty I always tell people like uh, you're fucking made of dirt <laughs> you know what I mean it's like what are you worried about your feet getting dirty you're covered in germs and bacteria you're a disgusting animal already <laughs> who cares if your feet get dirty god you wash your porn feet when you get home and forget about it but I'm walking down the street and this guy he's like you know this really tall Germanic looking supermodel buff perfect guy you know kind of guy that guys like me are sort of intimidated by, you know, but I was, you know, I was, I was expressing my love and I said, Hey man, how you doing? And, you know, I let our dogs kind of sniff each other's butts for a minute. And he's like, Hey bro, where your, your shoes? And I said, I don't like to wear shoes. It's feels more natural to me to walk around without shoes. And he just looked at me like I was a freaking nut, you know, it's like, to me, it's nut to nuts to wear pieces of rubber on your feet when, Every creature on the face of this planet from its very inception touches the earth with their body 100% of their life unless they are an animal which takes flight, right? So before the call, this is the way I'm, I'm doing both is I have my iPhone with me. I'm waiting for a text for my guy that's showing up around the same time. So I have my technology. I'm using it. Very grateful for it. But I'm walking around barefoot and I'm doing mobility drills as I walk, which I learned from uh, my brother, Cody Story. And, uh, and then I'm doing the Wim Hof breathing method, which I, I'm starting to learn from my chiropractor who comes over once a week, works on me and teaches me the Wim Hof breathing. So it's like, 
I'm, I'm getting air, I'm getting sun, I'm getting grounded, and I'm using technology. I'm in the city. I love the city. I love my new car I just got. I, I love my giant iMac and my microphone and my headphones and the fact that we can get on this weird thing called Skype and record it and it's going to go on this website and go on iTunes. And it's like having a fully open life, an open, integrative, balanced life. That's, um, that's my ultimate goal. But you have to have, uh, I think, a little of everything. Because like you said, if if I just became a recluse, right? And you know what? I'm moving to uh, the tundra in Alaska and I'm just giving up all my possessions. I'm letting go of my family. I'm not going to have a phone or a computer and I'm just going to go live off the land. I mean, that's that's one choice, but I think that would be, at least from my perspective in my life now, would be a bit of a cop-out and not really having the experience to navigate our modern life and to overcome some of these challenges like Tinder addiction and, you know, <laughs> you know being able to drive by 7-Eleven without eating four Snickers or whatever your poison is, you know, is, is to be in this world with its distractions and its temptations and still live a fully whole integrated life and, and to be of uh, maximum benefit to those that you're involved with. Yeah, and people could think, oh, God, these guys have gone off the deep end now. Like, I, you've lost me. Well, the truth is, if you go and you go to PubMed and you type in forest bathing and you start to read some of the studies, Shinrin Yoku is what they call it, taking in the atmosphere of the forest. So you have these arom aromatic compounds. They're called phytoncides. These are basically aromatic airborne chemicals that plants emit. There is one particular study, and there's dozens of others now, where they've taken people. They mostly do it in Japan. This is kind of the, the hub for this stuff right now and they've taken people in for they've done 15 minute forest bathing events and they've done like two to three day forest bathing events now they've seen a reduction in salivary cortisol so cortisol your stress hormone a lot of people have high cortisol at first but then they have low cortisol because they're burnt out it reduces your cortisol and actually a study that i was just looking at yesterday it boosts so the forest when i say it boosts NK killer cells, so your anti-cancer proteins, anti-cancer, fights cancer for sure, boost them by 50% by being in the forest. Wow. wow that... If you could bottle that and sell it, it would be a trillion dollar drug. Wow. But it, do, it, it doesn't make money like chemotherapy. So you're never going to get the recommendation for cancer treatment to go into the woods and boost your anti-cancer proteins by 50%. Why wouldn't you do that? And then you add in some mataki, shiitake, some reishi mushroom, some shijandra, some more adaptogenic herbs to help upregulate the immune system. I'm not saying you could cure it, but you could put up a damn good fight. Wow. That's so. a, that's amazing, man. Well, that's a, I think that's a really good point to kind of end on as we wrap up toward the end of the show is that, you know, when it's all said and done, let's just say the closing advice would be find ways to connect with who you really are and, and your connection to the people that you love and connection to the planet. And, um, and I don't see the thing about me, Evan, you're like, yeah, some people are going to think we're crazy. I already think the whole rest of the world is crazy, and sometimes I feel like the only normal, insane one that's walking around barefoot. Why isn't everyone doing that? You know, totally like, agree. Totally you know, agree. So man. it's like I, I, a big part of me doing this show and just kind of, you know, coming out uh, to the world and wanting to build a community around this way of life is about losing that fear too of, you know, oh, people are going to think I'm a weirdo if I'm at the park, you know, laying down in the grass. I mean, I've had people also like I'm laying down in the grass in the park and, 
and they look at me like I'm nuts because I don't have a blanket or a chair. I'm, I'm literally just laying kind of in the dirt or on the grass with my skin touching it. Ew, gross. I'm touching grass. It's like, you know, I, I'm just not going to go along with the norm. I don't think I ever have. And in fact, I want to be even less normal and even more weird. If that's what weird is, like loving people, loving the planet, loving yourself, accepting yourself, having the courage to be different, the courage to find your own path, uh, then I'm all for it. I'm going to be a total freak if that's what that, if that's what that entails. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I'd say what, what you're saying to kind of like paint a better, like, oh, yes. So like antidepressants, right? You, you can't really experience the highs of life, but you don't really experience the lows, right? You just sort of live in this little, it's like the little kitty roller coaster that you rode when you were young. It's kind of fun, but you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the big roller coaster where the big boost, the big hills and the big drops. That's what life should be like. You should feel emotions. You should hit peak experiences in life. Oh my God, so much bliss. I have goosebumps. I'm crying. I'm just, I'm sweating like, oh, this is a peak experience. You should have that. And when you live this sort of modernized, watered down version of life, it's sort of like an antidepressant. Like you may never really hit the bottom, but you're definitely not going to hit the top. And so you have to open yourself back up into what the human body is designed to do, which is to feel all of the elements of the earth. And that's how you hit those peak experiences that everyone's paying thousands of dollars to go to, I don't know, strip clubs for. You can have a peak experience for free. Just go outside and literally tune in to what's out there because that world is waiting. It's just a matter of whether you're going to turn your knob, your little radar. If you're going to turn to that station and tune into that vibration, you have that choice right now. That's amazing. Thank you for that. And I'd also like to add that if you go to the places in nature that I do, which are clothing optional hot springs, you can also be in a strip club too. <laughs> I've never gone to a hot spring. I'm so jealous. Oh man, you got to Next time you come out to LA, dude, I'll, I'll take you on on a on a hot springs tour. I would so love to. so we'll go ahead and close out the show with this question, my friend. Uh, you've taught us a lot today. I've learned a lot from you listening to your show. Who are your go-to teachers or books? What what are three recommendations you can make to us if we want to get off this this call and, and end this show and go find something to Google and find something to study or something we can put in the show notes to really help people get to the next level? Oh, that's a great question. So I'm going to recommend two people that have two separate books. So one is Joe Vitale, and the book is called The Attractor Factor. The second is Dr. Joe Dispenza's The Placebo Effect. Number three would be, I'd say get get my free book. I give people a free book. I used to sell it and I was like, the money doesn't matter. I want people to have this information. I wrote a whole book about basically everything we've talked about called Stress Solutions. It's free. I don't care about getting the 20 bucks that I was making on it anymore. It's a free book and you can geek out on adaptogens and sensory deprivation tanks and learn more about your brain chemistry and how to actually feel okay with who you are as a person and learn how to sort of manage all the things that are flying at you like you're in a spaceship you can you can manage those things coming at you you don't have to be so out of control awesome great recommendations and we'll definitely link to the book that you just mentioned in the show notes speaking of show notes my friend where can we find you if people want to work with you and learn more about what you do give us your podcast site social media all that drive Sure. Just they could just type in Evan Brand. Um, you'll find the podcast coming up on like episode one sixty. There's a lot of good stuff there. You'll be interviewed there soon, so people can look forward to that. There's other resources there, free guides, the free book. Ninety nine percent of what I do is free. 
and then, you know, if people want to sit down and chat and get themselves dialed in, then I'd be happy to, to help them out. Awesome. Thank you for that. And for those of you listening, uh, the podcast is called Not Just Paleo for, you know, just to have the official name of it. I think that's how I found you. I probably typed in the search word paleo and found that, which is something we didn't talk at all about, but there's plenty, there's 160 something episodes on there where you guys can learn about all things, not just paleo. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. And I can't wait to come join you and do this again. It was a great talk as always. It's so hard to like keep it under two hours <laughs> and end it at some point because we just have so many great things to talk about. So until next time, I bid you farewell. Take care, Luke. This is that bittersweet moment known as the end of the show. Unfortunately, my friend, we have to part ways until tomorrow. But do not fret, because tomorrow I'm coming back at you with another amazing episode featuring Emily Fletcher, one of the world's foremost experts on meditation. But don't be sad. You don't have to wait until then to have fun. You know why? Because you can download your episode upgrade from the Evan Brand episode right now. All you have to do is text the word LIFESTYLIST4 to 44222 and you'll get this amazing document with all of the notes, live links, and resources that Evan and I just talked about in that interview. Pretty dope, right? You don't have to worry about writing anything down. I love it. It's the best thing ever. I'm going to really do my best to do this for as many episodes as humanly possible. I'll see if I can keep it going, but I got it going for right now. So make sure you grab it. If you don't want to text it, you can also just go to the URL, lukestory.com forward slash lifestylist four, and you can instantly download the episode upgrade for free right there too. If you want to be my best buddy, don't forget to go into iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. It's an awesome way to give back to the show and help support me and what I do. I'd like to remind you to get your 15% discount hookup over at foursigmatic.com. This is where you're going to find the world's most convenient, potent, and delicious medicinal mushroom and herbal blends. These are great standalone drinks or add-ons that you can put into your coffee. They're really great to drink at night because they don't have caffeine. You can also use them before workouts, in moments of concentration. They're just amazing little packets of magical power. So enjoy that 15% discount by entering the lifestylist at foursigmatic.com. Again, the discount code is the lifestylist at foursigmatic.com. And, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's kind of fun, too. I'm, I'm trying to get more followers. I think right now I only have 6,000 followers, and I just don't feel like a cool kid. I want to share all the weird stuff that I do. So say what's up to me on Instagram if you're not there, okay? But you don't have to do any of that. Just thanks for listening. You're my friend if you're listening to me on this show. I'm sitting here in my office, you know, my podcast studio, talking to a mic which is really just talking to a wall. So I'm talking to you right now, and I really want to thank you for being with me. And I'll see you tomorrow with Emily Fletcher. Peace.